Welcome to the Gathering Network Covenant Partner Podcast, a conversation designed to help covenant partners live Jesus-shaped lives. All right, well, welcome, everybody, to the very first Gathering Network Covenant Partner Podcast. I'm here with Ben Myers today. Hello. And we are waking up in what feels like a very different America today as Donald Trump was elected president of the United States through the night last night, right? Yeah. Oh, man. So we're sitting here wondering what in the world might our covenant partners be feeling because, I mean, we could have a conversation. We do have a great conversation that we had with Paul McConaughey about strategically building out and inviting people to missional community that will play after this. We think that's really important, and we think it even plays into this whole thing, but it feels very secondary in light of what we're all feeling today. We wrote up just a a short list of emotions when we started to think about what our covenant partners might be thinking today. If we could send out a word of encouragement to our covenant partner base as a whole First, we were like, what, what do we think people might be feeling today? What are, what are some words that are here on the, on the board? Yeah, so on, our, on, the, on the side that um, for the individuals that voted for Hillary, we said that there was just shock in waking up or staying up late. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe just anger in that, um, disgust and sadness, um, disappointment. They're just kind of blown away by the results of the election. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, we know that not everybody voted for Hillary Clinton. We know that we did have some Trump supporters, um, some Trump voters, which might be, I think, a more appropriate way of saying that. Um, I think we we had Republican base supporters, Republican platform supporters, you know, and there's this sense that maybe they woke up today with a sober acceptance, right? Mm -hmm. Like not necessarily thrilled that Trump is going to be the president, but excited and hopeful about the future. Yeah. They just had the feeling that maybe this this is not my candidate. I'm not super excited about this, but maybe the future feels more secure in that platform of things. Yeah. Yeah. I think what we are concluding today and this might be reading between the lines a little bit, but our guess, if we were just going to swing for the fence and say, how are our covenant partners feeling as a whole today? We might say that nobody feels like a winner. Nobody really feels like a winner, that even if you voted for Trump, there's still this sense that he wasn't your guy, but the future feels more secure. And clearly, if you didn't vote for him, then there's a sense of shock and disbelief. I wonder today, and I think that this is a a great conversation, an immediate conversation for us to have, and it's this. How do we all, all of us across the spectrum on this, how do we return to joy today? I think it's probably the most important conversation we can have, and here's how we will define joy. Joy as a sense of well-being on the inside. I don't believe it's too soon to have this conversation because I think it's actually what we get to offer the world right now. We get to offer the world, even if we're just crazy disappointed today, we still get to come home to joy and we we get to live in the world with a, a sense of higher hope. 
sense of well-being on the inside, right? So we, we sketched up three things here that uh, we think we can have hope in today. Yeah? What's the first one there, Ben? Yeah, just uh, an understanding of really who Jesus is. That's right. You know? Yeah, Jesus as Lord today. He's the yeah. King above all kings. He's the Lord above all lords. He's a name above all names today. Secondly would be who he says we are. And I, I just am so encouraged today, and I don't want us to lose heart. I want us to remember today, whether you're on the, the losing side or the winning side in terms of your vote today, it doesn't matter where we are as the people of God today. We are a city on a hill, right? We have a light to shine in the world, which brings us to the third point there. Can you read that, Ben? Yeah, just that um, what he has called us to do, and which is just to live um, to invite people to know Jesus as Lord, you know, an experience of his kingdom today and now in this place. Yeah. We keep reminding ourselves here at the Gathering Network that the gospel today is that Jesus is Lord. The kairos, the good news throughout human history is that Jesus is Lord and his kingdom is here. And one of the things that the early church, it was like a bumper sticker. If they all had cars, they would have had a bumper sticker that was on the bumper <laughs> said, Jesus is Lord and Caesar is not. And I think it's very important for us today to live into a hope. Jesus is Lord. He's the Kairos. He's the event. He's the thing that has happened and he has changed everything. And his kingdom is at hand. And that is the hope. Actually, that's the assurance. That's the joy that we get to return home to today. The sense of well-being inside is that we know who Jesus is. We know who he says we are, and then we know that he has called us to invite people into his lordship and into an experience of his kingdom now. And it was really cool. You, you actually remembered a resource that we gave our covenant partners just a couple of months ago at the uh, 61 retreat. Can you remind us of that resource? Yes, yeah, so this is the book that um, we gave the covenant partners called Surprise the World by Michael Frost. Yeah, it's a great resource for us, and it, it, it actually... Uh, gave us five, I think, really helpful things to do today. Like, how can we move forward in joy and hope today? And these are great things to do. And the first one would be that we would love and bless our enemies. Love and bless your enemies. So social media streams, in conversations, wherever you are, let love and blessing be in your heart and on your lips for your enemies and for anybody who's within earshot of anything you're saying or anything you're writing, anything that they're reading that's coming from you. What's the second one, man? Yeah, um, we said that um, to eat, actually to spend time around a table, both with people that are believers and non-believers, but just to invest in that time. That place is just a place of relationship. It's a place of dialogue that you can sit and have, and um, it's just a, a place where we come together around the table to eat. Yeah, right. Thirdly, we'd be to listen and to not react right? Let's try right now to listen to what the Spirit is, of God is saying right now to us in this moment. I've even been thinking about this, like what would it look like to sit with people who are really disappointed, right? And, and, and our friends who are not, you know, Jesus followers are likely very, very many of them, very disappointed, very disillusioned, very angry, very shocked right now. And what would it be like to sit with them and to just simply say to them, I'm I'm, I'm sorry for the way that you feel today. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. It's not like we're taking responsibility for it, but we're just saying, 
I just want you to know that I see you. I hear you. And, um, you know, also just trying to listen to what God might be saying in the midst of those moments for those people. Man, that'd be powerful. What about the fourth one, man? What's up there, Ben? Yeah, just um, learning to become more like Jesus. And this is not just learning to believe in him, but to believe like him. And just taking a posture of, of learning, you know? Yeah. Just really sitting and, and listening, like you, like you were saying, and, and learning to um, respond to a situation like this in the way that Jesus would. All right, well, what's the last one, man? Last one, just recognizing that we are, we are a sent people, that we, um, that we are following a God who has sent us to be a light in this world, um, and that wherever we find ourselves, that we're, we're living with that light in us and missionally in that sort of way. Yeah. So actually, this is an incredible moment for the Gathering Network to say, this is kind of our moment. I mean, regardless on yeah. which you know, side of the spectrum we fall on, this is a moment for us. This is a moment for us to be a voice of hope, yeah. to be a higher perspective, to invite people into a kingdom that never shakes, never falters, will never dim or fade, um, and to invite them into the one who loves them more than anyone ever could, who sees them, who knows them, who advocates for them. And we are actually a sent people not to have what we think is the right perspective or the right point of view, but people who know how to put love on in really, really hard moments. And actually, that's what this conversation was that we had with Paul, and that's the segue into this next bit. You know, Jesus has called us to live sent lives. We believe that, you know, that story of the banqueting table that Jesus taught, um, you know, I want you to go out into the highways and the byways, and I want you to find people that everybody else is looking over, and I want you to invite them into a table, invite them to a table. Um, And what he's saying there is, I want you to invite people closer to me. I want you to invite the powerless. I want you to invite the marginalized, the poor, the, the... Actually, some of the angry, disgusted, shocked, sad, appalled, disappointed, blown away. Bring them to a table and um, be a reflection of who I am towards them. And this conversation that we've had with Paul is actually really helpful in that way. So let's just get to it. Um, It was an incredible conversation that we had with him. Glad to share that with our covenant partners. Hey, covenant partners out there, we want you to know we love you. We're praying for you today. We're praying that you can return to joy and that you can live with a sense of well-being on the inside. Amen. 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 Come on now. We stand to greet the sun. We stand to greet the sun. We stand to greet the sun. This is incredible. Our very first Covenant Partner podcast internal podcast for covenant partners adding value to their lives what up, what up? Yeah, that's jack smithy <laughs> over there how's it going that's ben myers over there and we're all sitting here with paul mcconaughey welcome man thank you it's really good to be with you guys yeah you're here for the uh the naturally supernatural workshop and we thought you know what what better way to kick this podcast off than with a legend like yourself man a legend like yourself we're really thankful to be with you today yeah. yeah, well, I'm not sure about the legend bit, but thank you. <laughs> well, here, because this is round two of Naturally Supernatural. This is the 2.0 That is true. Yeah. This yeah, we, we, yeah, we're doing prophecy this weekend, I think. Oh, cool. come on. All right. Well, hey, listen, we were at, you know, at coffee this morning, and you started to tell your story about moving from Sheffield 
uh, England to the United States um, to work with 3DM. Actually, you're the national team leader of 3DM now. And uh, uh, the story that you began to tell us, uh, I, I felt would be really beneficial to our covenant partners. Um, we can all weigh in at different times. But would you mind? Would you mind just telling us the story again? You know, you came to the church and they they gave you guys this house, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the church were really generous to us and really honouring. Really, they um, they got us. They, a wealthy member of the church bought a house for us to rent because when you first come to the states, yes, Lord. Um, you can't you can't <laughs> uh, you can't get a mortgage or whatever. So we had to rent a house. So she bought this house for, to rent to us. It was uh, you know four thousand square foot house, triple garage. Uh, on about three quarters of an acre of land, on a in a neighbourhood with a swimming pool and a golf course and lakes and woods and I mean it was amazing and um, it's kind of like it was kind of like welcome to America, uh, let us just give you the American dream, mm. you know mm. it was amazing and for us as Brits used to living in a urban very densely populated urban setting, mm-hmm. it was like wow this is awesome, you know, yeah. um, but as we began to Get to, we tried to get to know our neighbours and you know, it's a bit of a walk to get to your neighbours but um, mm-hmm. we went round and we t- took brownies round and said hi to people and so on and people were civil, they were they were polite but um, it became increasingly clear that there just there was almost nobody who was interested in forming any kind of relationship and we realised that those sorts of neighbourhoods basically people choose them because they want privacy, they don't want community Right, um, more of a back deck culture than a front porch culture. Exactly, yeah. There, there was very little of that front porch thing going on. Yeah. So, yeah, and so, and uh, even to the extent that there was one couple, one elderly couple who lived um, next door on one side, and um, after really kind of making a lot of effort to spend time with them and so on, um, Ellie began to become friends with the the lady who was a, a woman in her eighties, and. Um, and ended up praying for her and things like that. And it got to the point where she said, you know, I'd really like to come to your church with you sometime. So we were delighted about that. And then um, and then they, they uh, it, it got to winter and they went to Phoenix. Uh, it's, it's all the <laughs> snowbirds. Yeah. Right. So then we had to wait six months. And then when they finally came back, they decided they were going to move down here actually to Kansas City to um, to be with their kids. So, I mean, it was just any opportunity we seemed to have just went and um and you know we've been raised in this kind of missional discipleship culture since we were young adults and so we've we've got quite a quite a clear set of principles of what we do Mm -hmm. and to us the people of peace teaching in luke 10 is really key right and and it's very clear which is this you knock on doors you see if your peace rests with anybody if there are people of peace if there aren't you shake the dust off your feet and go somewhere else and so we basically persevered for about 18 months in that neighborhood mm-hmm. and got nowhere. And so we thought, this is crazy. We've got to go somewhere else. Yeah. And that was fair. It was a fair thing to say. Like, yeah. there's just, there's no, there's no open door here. So, we're gonna... no, so let's go and find an open door. Right. So, yeah. so then we started asking friends and, and folks at church and just trying to ask around, like we, we're thinking, really, if we're going to go, Jesus, when he sent the disciples, he always sent them in twos at least two. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like two's the minimum unit of the kingdom. I mean, Jesus even sent two disciples to go and get a donkey. You know? So, <laughs> yeah. so there's probably... It, yeah. Exactly. There's probably not much he's asking us to do on our own. And for us, we would say, that's two units. So that doesn't just mean if you're a couple, you're good. 
we would feel like we need at least one other yeah. couple or single person that we can partner with so that there's a sense of team and core, core team doing right. this thing. Yeah. So we thought, well, we need to find a neighbourhood to move into where there are two things we're looking for. One, there's evidence that there's some, there's some fruit there, there's some people of peace or there's some openness, at least openness to community, if not to the Lord. Right. And secondly, we need at least one other couple or single person, somebody that we can partner with so there's a sense of a core team. So that's what we were praying for and looking for. And it took us a, a few months of praying and looking, but then there was a, a couple who were friends of ours in the church, and um, they said, well, you know, we've actually got to get quite, got to know quite a lot of neighbours, and um, there is a real community feel, and we've actually got to know some neighbours who are kind of interested in the things of God, who don't know the Lord, but we don't know what to do. I mean, it's like, we're busy, we haven't got much time, we, we feel like we've not really been able to capitalize on that they said is there any chance that you could come and move into our neighborhood and help us Mm -hmm. so we were excited about that we thought yeah that's exactly what we're looking for (laughs) but this neighborhood um it's called longwood and it's in the north of fort wayne where we live and um there hadn't been a house come up for sale in longwood since 2009 so seven years there hadn't been a single house come up so we were like okay well we'd love to do it but i mean we can't do it if there's no house so we met with them and we all prayed together and um, a week later, the house next door to them came no. up for sale. Yeah. yeah, and it was perfect for us. It That's was awesome. exactly the right size for us. It had the right number of bedrooms. It was it was a perfect size for us, and um, and had a much smaller yard, which was great because we'd been spending four hours a week cutting the grass on the last yard, which was getting too much for us. <laughs> so um, so then we had another challenge, which was and you know. If you really want to live a life of missional of missional of mission and community, and you're really taking it seriously, you can't expect it to just be smooth sailing. I mean, there there are going to be obstacles. There's going to be a battle involved. We're not we're not operating on a level playing field here. The enemy will actively come against us and try to stop us from doing stuff. So let's just be clear. Hmm. You know, if we're going to set our lives to do these things, we have to be intentional, forceful, and just keep pressing in until we get there. So. The first thing was the house. Now, now we knew we, there was a house available. The next thing was we went and tried to find out about getting a mortgage. Mm-hmm. And we were told, uh, you guys only have three months left on your visa because we had to renew our visa. Um, you only have three months left on your visa. You can't get a mortgage unless you have at least three years on your visa if you're, if you're a non-permanent resident. And um, so we were just told there's absolutely no chance that you can get a mortgage. Well, we couldn't buy a house. We didn't have the cash to buy a house without a mortgage. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so we just thought, we think God's calling us to do this. We think we're seeking the kingdom first. We think God will provide. So we just applied to a whole load of different banks and things. And um, we got offered like a 15-year, 3% fixed rate mortgage. Oh, my goodness. It was awesome. <laughs> so, um, so within like six weeks of making the decision we were going to go for this thing, we were able to move into the house. Yeah. So that oh, was amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. So that's God so provided, good. you know. Uh, but but that was but there's a there was a you know there's a lot of prayer going in there there's a lot of seeking the Lord, um, you, you know you're asking God to open the door to do those things. Yeah. So you've been there how long? We, that was in March of this year that we moved in. Okay. Okay. Now this morning when you were telling us the story, you were you were telling us about the the strategy uh, that you guys are thinking through particularly around up in and out right so the the people who are with you who are following jesus your core team you guys are thinking about things one way and then you're thinking man as people come into our as people come into our this missional community 
they're they're going to come in and experience things. Can, do you remember that? Do you remember what we were talking about this morning? Can you? Yeah. I mean, I think, I'm really hoping so, man, because it was brilliant. <laughs> well, you know, having had 20 years of experience of missional communities, there's a few things we've learned about what we should do and what we shouldn't do and so on. And there are the two things that stop missional communities from being effective, in my experience, are one, there's a constant gravity away from mission. Mm-hmm. And, and what you do is you dilute mission. So mission becomes service projects instead of reaching people who don't know Jesus. Mm. So to me, when we say out, we mean, when we're talking about up and out, when we say out, we mean... Uh, people who don't know jesus we don't mean folks in the church who need a bit of support and help that's great but that's in yeah right so that's the first thing is that you have to be very intentional about it's about reaching people with the gospel Mm. and we're going to keep on that the second thing that stops missional communities being effective is that as they begin to grow they well often they grow with a lot of christians joining Mm -hmm. so you get some kind of leader leaders starting a community and everyone else thinks oh i like them and they can look after me well so they say, yeah, we're up for your vision. We'll join your missional community. And um, and so then you get flooded with Christians, and then there's no room for non-Christians. So that's part of it. Wow. And also, that even if you grow through people coming to know Jesus, there comes a point where you're full, and um, it's really, really difficult to multiply. And um, you have to be very intentional about multiplying that community. It's a sacrifice to multiply because you've formed great friendships. You don't want to separate from each other. Yeah. But if you don't do that, it will it will in the end go stagnant it will end up being inward looking of the increase of his kingdom and his government there is no end mm. so if yeah. you're not in a in a if you're not set, if you haven't set the expectation that we're going to pay the cost um that it you know and it is a costly thing to keep multiplying so that we can keep reaching more people then in the end it, it becomes stagnant so we were set on that from the beginning so we had a vision um that was an up and out vision and um the out vision was uh, we want to reach the people of Longwood neighborhood who don't know Jesus. The in vision was we want to be um, great neighbors who are learning to operate like family together. Mm-hmm. And the up vision was we want to not just know about God, but we also, but we actually want to get to know God. And so what we would do is we would, in, if Christians said they wanted to join us, we would, we would, in, we would invite them with the outward vision so we'd say we'd love you to join but only if this is your vision our vision is to reach the people of longwood neighborhood so i mean hang on you don't even live in longwood neighborhood how's that going to work mm. i mean that's what we're doing yeah. and you it know was, and it was fair to say that yeah i yeah. mean that because if we don't do that then we'll just get flooded with christians and then we won't be able to do anything mm. and there were there's one couple that said yeah we don't live in longwood neighborhood we live in the next neighborhood along we're you know half a mile away but we really want to learn how to do this from you guys. And so in order to do that, we're going to commit for the next year to be part of your missional community. And during that time, we will commit to your neighborhood and we'll help you reach your people. For one calendar year. Yeah. And then at the end of that, um, we want you to multiply us out and send us back to Pine Valley, which is the next neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And we'll do the same thing that you've taught us. So we're good with that. That's great. You yeah. know, great. Come and come and do that with us. Um, and it actually worked as well because with that couple, the woman... Um, is a substitute teacher at the local school who teaches a lot of the kids in our neighborhood anyway. So they had some natural connections that made sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But with the non-Christians, what we're trying to do is we're basically, it's a bit like a funnel. You start by spreading the net really wide. We're just copying the people of peace principle in Luke 10. Mm-hmm. So we actually literally did what it said. And I know it's a bit culturally alien, but um, I mean, maybe because we're Brits, we could get away with it. I don't know. But I think pretty much, I think you can get away with it. Um, we just did exactly what Jesus said. So we basically, uh, on our street, 
we live in a cul-de-sac, so our street and then the street behind our street that the yard's back onto, because actually in the summer you see more, those people more than you see the people on your own street. Yeah. So we decided to go around those two streets and we just knocked on every single door and if there, no one was in, we went back another time until we caught them. And we <laughs> just said, really simple, we just said, hey, we've just moved in, uh, we're your new neighbours, we live in that house over there, we just thought we'd say hi, introduce ourselves. It's interesting, you know, a whole load of emotions goes over the face of a suburban American when you do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm so, also thinking about the, the emotions that are going through your heart, you know. Yeah, well, I hate doing that. I'm a total non-evangelist. My wife had to force me to do it. <laughs> okay, so tell me about doing that when you hate to do it. If you're like, why would you do it if you hate to do it? Because it's what Jesus told us to do. I mean, hmm. we're, the thing for us is, the thing about the gospel is, it's, um, it's, we like to make it complicated but easy. We like to make it complex because then we can be clever explaining it. Yeah. We like it to be easy because then we can do it. Actually, it's real simple, mm-hmm. but really hard. Right. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. And it's simple. Jesus said, go and knock on doors and say peace. And if your peace rests with them, stay with them. <laughs> so let's think, what are we going to do? Um, go knock let's on go doors. knock on some doors. And <laughs> say, yeah. 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 So literally, just line by line, you guys We did. just went around. We just said, we're the new neighbors. We wanted to say hi. Let us introduce ourselves. We actually, some of the time we brought our girls with us. Sometimes they weren't with us, but we said we've got two daughters, Grace and Hannah. And we found out the names of everybody and if they had kids, the names of their kids. And then Ellie printed off a Google map of our two streets. And um, on every house, we wrote the names of the of the people who lived there and their family. Brilliant. So, so within, what, a month of moving into that neighborhood, we knew the names of everybody. There probably wasn't anyone else on that street that knew the names of everybody mm. on those two streets. And we'd, in, in the summer, we'd sit out in our backyard and we'd play a little game where I'd point at a house and say, who lives there? And Ellie would say, oh, that's, that's uh, Steve and Carol and their, and their kids, whatever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so that was the first thing. The next thing we did was we got cards, um, at, like a, a, an invitation card. And, of course, now we knew their names, so we personalized it. We wrote their mm-hmm. own names on it. And we, we invited them. We said, we're going to do... For us, we, you know, we're English people in that part of the world find that interesting so we'll use that i mean everyone's got something they can use so we said we're going to have an english tea party in our front in our backyard um on a saturday afternoon and we wrote them an invitation yeah mm-hmm. and so we went around gave that to everybody and um and then when that saturday came we ran it for between two and five in the afternoon over that period of time about 40 people came mm-hmm. yeah and there's no religious content, nothing like that. This is just to get to know you. It's a, it's a kingdom win for the neighborhood because, frankly, you know, even just the basic thing of neighbors getting to know each other, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and I, it wasn't just you getting to know your neighbors too, but actually yeah. separate neighbors. Yeah, we're serving them, aren't we? We're serving yeah, them. for the first time. Well, yeah. yeah. And our girls, who are teenagers, our oldest is 17, our youngest 14, all the kids that came, our girls took the kids, took them out into the street and, um, and organized games with them. So, so now all the kids on those two streets all know each other. Oh, that's awesome! Wow. Yeah. And that's really awesome as well, isn't it? Because then, I mean, playing in the street is it's what should it's what kids should be doing, but actually, what kids do less and less compared to what they used to do. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that so that was really good. But what we're doing while we're doing that event, and then we had another couple of events in the summer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a couple more events like that, and what we were doing during that time was that we and our and our neighbours, our, our, co, our co-team, uh, are trying to identify of those neighbours, who are the ones that basically, they're not interested in God or whatever, we just want to bless them, that's fine. And who are the ones who actually are people of peace that actually would be open to us discipling them? 
Yeah. And yeah. we're looking for the people who welcome us, listen to us, and serve us, because those are the, the dynamics in Luke 10 yeah. that Jesus describes. Yeah. So again, line by line, just taking Jesus at his word, just yeah, doing the stuff. Yeah, just doing that stuff. Yeah. And it's interesting because some of the people are not the people you'd expect. So there's one couple, they're, they're not married, they live together, they've got broken marriages, their kids are pretty screwed up. I think she probably has a bit of an alcohol problem. Uh, he had tattoos from his neck down to his feet. Um, they weren't like the, the clean cut mm-hmm. kind of churchy type folks at all. Mm-hmm. But with that event that we did, they, they were the first there. They actually gave us a, a card that said welcome to the neighborhood that had like a Home Depot gift card in it. No one else did that, mm. you know. And at the end when everyone went, they stayed and helped us clear down. And we're thinking, nailed on people of peace. Right. You know, these oh. are people who are, who are open. They're welcoming us. They're listening to us. They're serving us. Yeah. And there were a few other people like that. Yeah. And so in the end then, we got to the point where we built some friendship. We, we, we built into that friendship a bit over the summer. And then come the fall, so come September... We actually invited them to join our missional community. Mm-hmm. And just like with the Christians, we invited them based on the vision. Yeah. But with, with the people who don't know Jesus, we didn't give them the outward vision because actually they are the out. Yeah. So see, this is what I think is brilliant right here. Okay. So, yeah. Well, we gave them the up and the in vision. I love that. So we said, look, guys, you know, it's been great getting to know you, becoming friends over the summer. Um, w- us as a family with our next door neighbors, we're going we're gonna to do this thing every week where we're going to meet together and eat together. And um, the purpose of what we're doing is two things. One, um, we want to learn how to be great neighbors who feel like family. And the second one is we want to not just know about God, but actually get to know God. Yeah, Would you amazing. be interested? Amazing. And how many people were? Well, um, there were some people that at that point said no. So there's one couple that said, we really like you guys, but we don't like overt God talk. So that's that's helpful. I mean, that's clear, isn't it? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, it wasn't helpful to probably cloak that second no. part of the invitation. Yeah, we want it to be clear. We're not trying to... Because I think the thing is, with a good missional community is about authenticity. It's not about hidden agendas. Mm. Yeah, right. I mean? yeah. Let's right, just right. be real about this. Yeah. If we're really going to be close friends, God is a massive part of our life. We can't hide that from you. Mm-hmm. So... If you really want to do life with us, it's going to be part of our life. So it's up to you. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So some people open, some people closed. Yeah. And in the end, the first time we ran it, we the first evening that we ran, including the kids, some of the families brought their kids. We had 25 people who didn't know the Lord. Yeah. We're not regular church attenders. Yeah. That's awesome. Ben, I'm wondering about you, man. I mean, we're, we're running out of time here, but I, I'm wondering about you. You know, you guys are, are establishing something in Ivanhoe. You know, yeah. how does how does this encourage you, man? Like, what is it? What is it? What do you have going through your mind right now? Man, there's there's just a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. In actuality, it, it it all sounds really simple, mm-hmm. and I think and that that's the piece that I feel like is most encouraging is that it's not some big equipping that I need to have. It's looking at the Word and Jesus's model and just saying, I can go and knock on some doors, yeah, and I can invite people into my life, yeah. You know? That's that's such a such a brilliantly simple yeah thing. You feel emboldened yeah. just to kind of just do it the way Jesus said, do it, and don't make it harder than that. Yeah, for sure. The practice of it seems so yeah, so so real. That's good. So yeah. doable. The thing I love about that is it self filters as well. It's like if people don't like you knocking on their door, they don't want to get to know you. It's not a problem. It's just like sorry to bother you. You yeah. might hear from me again. Totally. Because you're only trying to find the people who want you to do life with them, aren't you? And that's yeah. that's the really liberating thing for me as a total non-evangelist. You know, I I find evangelism really difficult. It's just great um, because you're only trying to find the people who want to be found, you know? Yeah. It's awesome. Hey, Jack, what about you? Because you're, you know, obviously leading out in Mosaic right now. You're in uh, 
Alyssa and I, you're in our you're in our leadership pipeline. I don't know if you know this. You know this, but okay. but you're <laughs> you're definitely on deck, man, to uh, to multiply a missional community. How how's this feeling to you? I think it's helpful because I do a lot of life in your neighborhood, but I don't live in your neighborhood. And so, Paul, what you were saying for when you're developing someone, it's okay to invite them into your context, even if maybe that's not my heart might not be beating for Brookside. Yeah. It's beating for the Art Institute. Yeah. Um, but it's okay to, to learn in maybe a different context in order to take it back yeah. someplace. So I think for me, it's just an encouragement to keep pressing in where we are yeah. in our space with, with the people that we're investing in. Um, it's good. good that I can take it somewhere else. Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah. Well, guys, we're out of time. Paul, this means the world to us, man. We're so glad to have you in Kansas City for the weekend. We're looking forward to this workshop. Um, and, man, thanks so much for coming and for all that you continue to invest in us. Uh, we here at the Gathering Network genuinely love you, man, and we look forward to you being here when you're here. So thanks again, and thanks for this today. Thanks for having me. It's been really great to be with you guys.